we've a lot to get on with today. Items that need to be attended to, issues that need to be addressed, topics. Oh, topics. We've got lots and lots of topics. We're positively booming to the scenes with topics. I uh, just have to find where they are. I'm having trouble finding them today. They're here, definitely here somewhere, though. Oh, maybe they're under my face. Under my face. Uh, well, I suppose you call it behind it. Unless I'm lying down. But as it happens, I'm not. But if I was lying down, I could say the topics are behind my face. Or they're under my face, rather. If I'm sitting upright, the topics will be behind my face. Uh, the, well, that's the theory, anyway. Anyway, they're supposed to be behind my face. That's where topics are created. In the area between between the back of my face and the inside of the back of my skull. The air spacing my head only goes up to my scalp. There's nothing above there. So I suppose you could say the area behind your face, but only going as far as the back of the skull and only up into the airspace up to up to the scalp. Because uh, the area inside your head, it's a bit like your back garden. If someone flies over it 500 feet above it, you don't get to say you're trespassing here, trespassing on my rear vegetable patch. You do not. Oh, unless you somehow have a 500 foot high building, in which case you might be able to say they're a bit close to your chimney. But you're not using that chimney anyway. It's a 21st century chimney you have there is only there because they happen to be still building chimneys when your house was built. And it's easier to just leave it and get rid of it. And nobody, nobody gets rid of chimneys. Uh, people don't get rid of them. And because people don't get rid of them, uh, people assume that people like chimneys. They don't like chimneys. They just, they're just too much of a, there's just too much trouble to get rid of. Why would you get rid of a chimney that's in the middle of your house just because you don't want the chimney? You ever hear Vaiwong saying, oh, I don't want that chimney. I want it removed. They do not. They'll say, we'll change the carpets in there, some new kitchen presses, uh, maybe some new, uh, I don't know, some new curtains. But we'll leave the chimney there because from what I understand if you want to get a chimney removed from your house, uh, you're basically having to knock the whole fucking thing down. Why would you do that? Just out of spite over a chimney? No. Uh, but don't don't assume that just because people don't get rid of chimneys, don't assume that they all love chimneys. No, that's the problem. The whole world thinks that we're all in love with chimneys still in the 21st century. We're not. They're just still there and we can't get rid of them. I'm somebody sneezing. Somebody's sneezing in the next room. Uh, somebody's always sneezing in the next room in this house. Uh, there he goes again. Sneezing again. Can you hear that? That's, that's somebody sneezing on a frigging podcast. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. I spent the last 17 years oh, managing never to ever sneeze on my podcast. I occasionally cough, but I'll usually edit it out. Uh, but no, I've never sneezed. I, never, I don't think I've ever had a sneeze that I've had to edit out. I just choose not to sneeze during recording because it's gross and disgusting. I know a fella in the room next door is just sneezing away like there's no tomorrow. I think it's because he's not making a podcast. He's watching television or something. Or looking things up on his computer. I don't know. I don't know what people do in this house. Anyway, on with the show. chimneys walk into a bar. One of the chimneys goes straight up to the bar counter and says, hello, I'm a chimney. 
and the man behind the bar says, and whatever, oh, 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 am I supposed to care about that? And the chimney says, yes, I'm a chimney. The world loves chimneys. Uh, surely you as a representative of the hostillery industry, thus representing the most welcoming part of the human genome, uh, you'd be welcoming of me as a chimney on behalf of society. And the man behind the bar says, whoever told you that shit uh, wasn't doing you any favours. Or maybe they were. Maybe they did you a great favour. They get to go walking around like this all confident, walking up to bar counters and expecting straight away to be treated like you're something fantastic. Uh, would you go away out of that? You're not fucking, I don't know what the fuck you think you are. You're not, uh, you're not some president from America coming over to find where his great-grandmother came from in Cahar Sivine or somewhere. You're not even, even that, nobody cares about that shit anymore. No, you're a chimney. You're just a chimney. Uh, you're just, you're just something that was too inconvenient to get rid of and that's why you're still here. You can feck off with your shite now. Uh, do you want the point? And the chimney says, yes please a pint of your finest smokeless whiskey please and the man behind the bar says certainly sir a pint of guinness it is and the chimney says no i said a pint of your finest smokeless whiskey and the man behind the bar says yes i heard you my finest smokeless whiskey happens to be a pint of guinness that's as fine as i get in terms of smokeless whiskies it's the nearest uh, substitute i can get to it that's how a bar works if you ask for something and they don't have it i give you the nearest thing i can it's just like when you go into an ice cream parlor and you ask can i have grass flavor chocolate ice cream please oh they'll do their best they'll do their best to make up grass flavor they'll get, probably get out a few pipettes and a purette and some oh some uh, needles or something and inject all these things into the ice cream to try and make it taste like grass well it won't be perfect probably but they'll do as near as they can that's as much as you can expect in fact in most ice cream parlors you can't even expect that you'll just take what's on the menu and then the chimney says i'll have a pint of guinness then please and the man behind the bar says, Have you ever had a good clean out? Has a man gone in there with his brushes and put them up your up your behind and up and out through your mouth? Because that's what that's what a working chimney is supposed to have done regularly. And the chimney says, I don't know. I'm an inanimate part of a building. How would I know? How would I know that? How would I know that? You tell me that. How would I know? How would I know that? And the man behind the bar says, That's a good question. How would you know even to ask? How would I know that if you're an inanimate chimney? Are we even able to speak? That's ridiculous. And the chimney says, "That's I've no idea whether that's a good point or not. I'm an inanimate chimney. How would I know? No idea. Not a notion in my head about what in the name of God all this is about." And the barman says, "I think your sleep bays are trying starting to starting to kick in, are they?" And the man behind the bar says, they certainly are not. I do not do drugs. I do not do drugs. Unless you can't Red Bull, I suppose. But no, I don't do drugs. Do you do drugs? And the chimney says, I don't even know what drugs is. What's drugs? Is it some sort of gas? And the man behind the bar says, oh, it is. It's great gas altogether. Well, unless you get a downer or something. Saying, or unless you're, you're not careful, I suppose. Uh, anyway, uh, on with the show. I know what you're thinking there. Uh, I'm not going to tell you though, because uh, you'll probably find that a bit, bit intrusive. Uh, in fact, you're thinking now, uh, oh, he's right, I would find that intrusive. Uh, I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's finally learning a bit of, oh, a little bit of, uh, what do you call it? Ah, 
Respecting boundaries. That's what he's, he's learning about respecting boundaries. He's probably listened to me uh, saying this now, but he's not going to say that I'm thinking about the fact that he's respecting boundaries because he's respecting boundaries. So he's not going to say anything further now. That's what you're thinking. And you'd be largely wrong about that, as I've just as I've just demonstrated. I'm going to you can think whatever you want, and I'm still going to say what you're thinking. Uh, for one thing, you're fictional. That's not to say there's nobody listening to this, but the listener I whose mind I'm reading at the moment is entirely fictional. Uh, so there's nothing intrusive about it at all. If you're that worried about it being intrusive, you should skip this segment, because I'm clearly talking about someone other than you, uh, some other uh, listener, unless you're actually thinking all this at the moment, are you? Well, in that case, it's you. But then that means you're fictional. You don't exist. Because uh, when I'm, I'm doing this, I'm I'm reading the mind of a fictional listener who's entirely made up in my mind. And if you're saying that you're... If you're saying that what I'm thinking here is exactly what you're thinking, that I'm reading your mind, well, that means you think you're the fictional listener, so you don't exist. Uh, how does that feel now? It feels like shit. Uh, nobody wants to be find out they don't exist, uh, especially on a podcast. I wouldn't want to be told I don't exist. Well, I wouldn't mind being told I don't exist, as long as I didn't believe it. Uh, but I've demonstrated to you that uh, I've made quite a convincing case to you now that you don't exist. Exist. That must be rather a shock for you. It's come as rather a shock. Uh, in which case, I'm sorry about that. It's meant to be a. It's meant to be an entertaining program. It's not meant to bring you down. I'm very sorry about that. I'm, so, I'm sorry if I've upset you, the fictional listener, uh, by uh, demonstrating to you that you don't exist. Uh, and all of you, if you don't exist, that also means you're. Uh, your sadness at this news doesn't exist either. It's all in. It's all the trick of the mind, in, of my mind, and of the other listeners' minds. The ones who exist. You're a figment of their imagination too. Now that I've planted in their imagination. So this, at least, uh, if you only, if you don't exist, and you only exist in my mind, well, then you now also exist in all of the other listeners' minds. So you exist in a lot more places than you thought you did. You still don't exist. Uh, but as an imaginary character, you now exist not just in my mind, but in the mind of, uh, oh, I'd say at least half a dozen listeners. And that's fantastic. That's a great improvement on, on what you are at the start of this segment. I think you'll agree. I'm glad to be of service to you there. Anyway, on with the show. Two giraffes walk into a bar. One of the giraffes goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, uh, would, could I have an ice pack, please? Would you have an ice pack? I seem to have banged my head uh, on the way in here. And the man behind the bar says, Can you not read? And the giraffe says, No, I can't. Why? What was I supposed to be reading? And the man behind the bar says, There's a sign up there at the thing saying, uh, Height clearance, eight feet. And what height are you? And the giraffe says, I'm no height at all. I'm no, I'm barely off the ground. My legs go up, barely extend four feet above my, above the ground. The rest of me is just sitting on top of my legs. Uh, so I'm not that tall at all. I'd say I'm four feet high. And now I know you humans measure your height by how high up your top of your head is. That doesn't make any sense. You measure your height by how far up your legs go. If you're measuring a table, 
example, you would measure the height of the table by how long the legs are. You wouldn't say, uh, what's sitting on top of the table? Is there a head and a torso and stuff? Uh, we'll add that onto the height of the table as well. You would not. That's not how height works, Giraffe says. The height works by measuring how far up off the ground your set of legs holds you. Like if you have a, ah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You do, you do, you do. And the man behind the bar says, Christ, that's a... That's quite a fascinating and original thought. You know, I had two cats in here earlier and they didn't say anything as original as that. And the giraffe says, that's none of my business. Those cats are entitled to their confidentiality. You go up and tell other people what I'm getting in my prescription. You would not. It's confidentiality. I'm a patient. I'm entitled to confidentiality and so are the two cats. And the man behind the bar says, I think there's some confusion here. They're not patients. They're just other customers and the giraffe goes they're not even from my species have a bit of respect please i don't want to know what other customers private business don't be telling me that i hope you're not going to tell the cats about me either about me banging my head on the way in here because we are uh, misguided sawing the claims that it's only got an eight feet clearance when in fact well i suppose that's accurate but your sawing should have said you have to be in total including what's sitting on top of your legs uh, you have to be uh, less than eight feet tall or whatever and the man behind the bar says that is absolutely fucking ridiculous and untrue and i don't even have the enthusiasm uh to explain to you why it is you know, just know uh, everyone who's listening to this knows that you the giraffe are wrong uh, you may be having an original thought but it's a wrong one it's an incorrect one there's absolutely no way that the height of an animal is measured by how far off the ground its legs holds the bottom of its torso that's just fucking ridiculous fucking ridiculous and the giraffe says uh, look at that table over there how high is that and the man behind the bar says uh, what do you mean how high do you mean it's height and the giraffe says yes how tall is it the man behind the bar says i'd say it's about three feet high and the giraffe says uh, what length would you say its legs are the man behind the bar says well three feet high obviously and the giraffe says no i mean in total because it got four legs and the man behind the bar says oh uh, well its legs in total are add up to about 12 feet in length but that's nothing to do with its height confusing the matter again even further and in a different way to in which you a different way to that in which you confused it earlier and the giraffe says do you know how high my head is off the ground and the man behind the bar says ah uh, no i don't why do you ask and the giraffe says then why do you expect me to know why do you expect me to know how high up my head is off the ground my head is way up here am i supposed to be fucking monitoring the my feet all the way down there and seeing uh seeing how far away they are jesus christ uh, you know half of you humans can't even see your own toenails you go telling me you're telling your giraffe i should know everything that's going down way down there if you worked on the 50th floor of a building would you know all the time what's happening down on the street you would not you would not unless you're spending half of your day at with a pair of binoculars looking out the window and that better be part of your job if you're doing that because otherwise you're uh you're just wasting you're being wasteful absolutely appalling that's what it is absolutely fucking appalling you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself oh there's an email what's the 
oh no, it's a text from my wife. It's none of your business, though. And the man behind the bar says, oh, that's very impressive. A giraffe having a wife. And the giraffe says, what's impressive about that? Yeah, we wouldn't uh, all speak, most species meet. And the man behind the bar says, oh, do you have children? And the giraffe says, no, we're cat people. We're more cat people than children people. We have several cats. And, and the man behind the bar says, uh, well then, those cats over there could be friends of your children. And the giraffe says, oh, the more reason to respect their confidentiality. You don't go blabbing people's private business to other clients. That's absolutely appalling. And the man behind the bar says, fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. That's absolutely fair enough, I suppose. And the giraffe says, do not break out in harmonica now. Do not do that. You only get to do that. You don't do that about once every six weeks. And there's such a thing as, as overusing the harmonica, especially if you're not doing anything particularly interesting with it. And the man behind the bar says... <laughs> And the giraffe says, oh, that's interesting. Can you do that again? And the man behind the bar goes... And the giraffe says, that's, I have to admit, that's a new move you're doing. I haven't heard that before on previous episodes. That's fantastic. Well done. And the man behind the bar says, are you patronising me? And the giraffe says, I'd pat you on the head if I could find it, but it's down there somewhere. And uh, I don't know how to do it. Well, actually, it's probably, your head is actually probably, now that's interesting. It's funny uh, you should mention that. Because I'm I'm a giraffe. I'm way up here. I'm like 20 feet. My my face is 20 feet up off the floor. Uh, and you're, you're uh, I'm saying your head is way down there. So even if I wanted to pat you on the head, I wouldn't be able to reach down to there. Uh, but I'd be using my paws, uh, obviously, which are on the floor. So in fact, my paws are about five or six feet lower down than your head. So in fact, if I wanted to reach down and pat your head from this height, I'd actually have to reach up with one of my paws. I'd have to lift my paw up off the floor and it would go up five or six feet until it reaches your head and then it would. And then if I'm not careful, I'd probably manage to lose my balance and fall over. And I'll tell you, that little whip to banging my head on the door frame on the way in will seem like nothing then. Actually, maybe I should do that. And then that'll make the earlier incident seem like nothing. And the man behind the bar says, oh, go right ahead. Just try not to fall on any of the furniture here. And the giraffe says, oh, I'm very sorry. You're not allowed to fall on something to break my fall. Uh, you want me to just collapse straight down on the concrete floor and break my skull just so I can pat you on the head. Jesus Christ, uh, whatever happened to just giving, giving you a tip at the end of the night? And the man behind the bar says, I'd be quite happy with just having a tip at the end of the night. I don't particularly want you to pat me on the head, especially not with your filthy paw. I don't know where that's been. I don't even know which paw you're going to use. I assume it's one of your front paws, but I don't know whether you're left pawed or right pawed, so I don't know which one you'd use. I'd probably watch you. I could probably subtly watch you through the evening and see if you pick up any pens or forks or anything with your left hand or right hand. And then I could figure it out. If you hold off your patting me on the head thing until later in the night, then I could have a cup spend a couple of hours observing you and figure all that out. 
and the giraffe says, that's quite an unusual request. When a giraffe goes into a bar and tells someone they might pat them on the head just to toppling over and collapsing on the floor, uh, that the answer I usually get isn't something like, will you please give me a couple of hours to observe you uh, to check whether you're left pawed or right pawed because I want to see which paw you're going to pat me on the head with. And the barman says, I realise that's quite unusual. I was basically thinking outside the box. I'm accepting the situation that there's a draft in here that's threatening to pat me on the head, thus causing itself to collapse, uh, which will be a dang- potentially dangerous incident in my bar. And as a responsible bar licence provider, uh, I'm, oh, I'm doing my best to... I'm doing my best to buy some time and then uh, doing my best to observe the situation, see how much I can plan ahead for a think ahead. Because if I can figure out which paw you're going to use, uh, then at least I can see, I could probably project uh, what direction you're going to fall. And I could arrange the bar accordingly, uh, maybe get out one of those mats they use in gyms for children at school where they do their, oh, where they do their rollover thing and their somersaults. Uh, place that carefully somewhere so you don't bang your head on the edge of a bar stool or something. And the giraffe says, now that you mentioned it, that is a perfectly, that's a perfectly logical way of thinking about this. And frankly, I'm proud of the bar licensing system uh, if it means that people like you are in charge of our public drinking establishments. It's a good thing, makes the world a safer place, and I'm very glad about it. So well, well done. And the man behind the bar says, thank you very much. And the giraffe says, I wasn't saying well done to you or saying well done to whoever made this system of licensing responsible bar proprietary. And the man behind the bar says, well, I take that as a compliment because that good system also chose me to be a, a bar thingy oak. And the giraffe says, Jesus Christ, can you not go five minutes without fishing for compliment? You're already about to be patted on the head from a great height, possibly resulting in my permanent death (laughs) from banging my head. Uh, Now you want, oh, you want praise as well. Jesus Christ, we give ourselves a fucking break. The man behind the bar says, I'm just saying, it would make the pat on the head more meaningful if I knew you were doing it because you admire me as a barman. Uh, It would mean you weren't just patronising me by patting me on the head. You were doing it because... Oh, because of my responsible uh, bar management. And the giraffe says, uh, when I pat you on the head, it'll be because I was planning to pat you on the head starting earlier on, 10 minutes ago, uh, long before I realised what her responsible bar owner wore. Uh, so the patting on the head will not be getting new meaning because just because a few minutes later I realised how responsible you are. No, no, we're not going to backdate and assign new meaning to this patting you on the head. I'm going to pat you on the head for the reasons that I originally intended to pat you on the head and no more. And the man behind the bar says, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? That's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And the giraffe says, indeed it is, indeed it is. 
this is Hittlebaker fine segment for the podcast. And the man behind the bar says, uh, only in comparison to the earlier ones. And the giraffe says, that's true, that's true. Do you think we can stretch it out a bit? And the man behind the bar says, uh, no, I need a bit of a breather now. Maybe need to go for a piss and see what's happening around the house. And the giraffe says, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe we can pick it up another time. And the man behind the bar says, I suppose so. And a great night is had by all. Into your head. Ooh, dogs walk into a bar. One of the dogs goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, uh, have you noticed that there's a giraffe uh, just in front of you there looking at you? Uh, he looks rather annoyed. Uh, he, looks like he's, he looks annoyed, but he also looks like he wants to pat you on the head. But he looks like he wants to pat you on the head with the bottom of one of his hoofs. Uh, that he's been walking around in all day and he's probably walked in my dog shit. Uh, that's what he looks like. And the man behind the bar says, I'm well aware of that, sir. Uh, but I'm also well aware of the, the fact that you're a dog. And the fact that you come in here pointing out another customer, a giraffe, who's also being a bit annoying, uh, doesn't change the fact that you're a dog. You're a dog in my bar and that is not okay. It's not okay for a dog to be in my bar. Get out, get out, get out, get out. And the dog says, oh Christ, this again is the second time since the comeback that he's done a thing where a dog goes into a bar and the barman gets enraged and goes, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. It's supposed to be amusing because the same barman has these smart-ass cats in the story every week and he never tells the cats to get out. He just tolerates all their crap. But as soon as a dog comes in, he goes, oh, it's a dog, Christ, shit-covered dog uh, going around licking things and drooling over everything in my establishment. Get out, 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 get out. Now, in the old days, I might have just said get out five times and then dubbed it. I'd have gone get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. Then I'd have copied and pasted that so you'd hear the same five get outs repeated ad nauseum. But no, we're doing it. We're going to do things properly now. This is the new into your head. We're being professional about it. Uh, we have proper professional looking logos and album art and pictures. Uh, so we're not going to cheat on the barman going get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. It's going to be like that, uh, that song where he goes, uh, then one look at you. Then I know what it's going to be. A lovely day.
quite challenging. Uh, people, um, people look on that as a just a cheap disposable pop song from the 1970s. Uh, but no, that was one of the longest sustained notes ever sung in musical history. Although towards the end, it's starting to sound like it's just uh, dubbed or something. I believe that he does do the whole day in one take. At the end, he's going day and then going straight into another a lovely day, a lovely day, a lovely day. And I start to think, no, he can't possibly be keeping that up in real time. That's not. He, he dropped dead. He has since dropped dead. But we're only 30 or 35 years after he recorded that. Uh, so I don't think you could say that he that caused his death. Unless it was fun. Maybe he was performing it uh, every night for the rest of his life and that affected his... Uh, surely that would strengthen his breathing system, his lungs and everything. That would extend his life if he was doing it successfully. I don't know. I remember that fella, Curtis Mayfield. He had some injury. He, bro- he basically broke everything. I think he broke his face and everything in his body. He came back and did one more album where he recorded one syllable at a time because that's all he could do. Uh, I don't know why you bring that up, why that has of any relevance. It was just, just thought it was interesting. Anyway, on with the show. And the man behind the bar says, hold on now, hold on, stop with your on with the show stuff. We're, we're not done here with this segment. Uh, you've only done a couple of minutes of that. Uh, it's been hard enough to come up with stuff to say today. We're not going to just drop a segment like that after four minutes or something and go, oh no, we'll do that. We'll just leave it now. We've done the day and the gahauka, hauka, 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 hauka. Maybe I could do, I could do a chorus. I'll go, gahauka, hauka, 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 and then put myself going, day underneath that. Will I try that? Maybe I will. Note to self during the editing process. Uh, think about composing something where you go get hauka 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 and then put underneath us. Now don't cheat uh, as well. There'll be somewhat cheaping because you just have to get build a bridge and get over it. Or build a bridge and get under it. That's the problem with bridges. Where bridges weren't around at the very beginning of humanities. We evolved to build them and then we started building them. We were a bit like, in the beginning, bridges were a bit like roundabouts. When the first few roundabouts get built in a country, uh, not everyone knows exactly how to use them. They're all confused. They go, oh, what do I do now? Do I signal to turn left? Do I signal right until they get around to my turn off? and then signal left. Do I go into the outside lane that for some reason goes round in the smaller circle than the bigger lane? Uh, why would I want to change into the far lane when I'm only going to be on this roundabout for about 30 seconds? Uh, people were the same as that when the first bridges were being built. People would go up to a bridge and they'd say, that's a very nice looking bridge, but I can't figure out is I'm supposed to go under it or over it. That's what I can't tell. Well, for one thing, because they weren't in the car in those days, they're either in a boat or on a train something or on a horse and cart. If you're going under the bridge, you, you could be on the... Oh, you could be on a boat on a river that's going under the bridge. Or you could be on a boat on 
a canal that's going over a viaduct or you could be on a horse that's going along the canal towpath that's going over the bridge or you could be on a horse that's going along a canal tow bridge that's going under the bridge but the horse might be too tall to fit under the bridge and that would be another thing because you're new to this you never think of stuff like that that's why you have to put signs at a thing high clearance if you're a horse and you're more than eight feet high duck your head while they're going under this especially on the towpath if it's one of those bridges that forms an arch the ceiling is going to be even lower at the sides where the towpath is it'd be far better if you're a tall horse going under a, an arch bridge on a canal you'd be better jumping onto the barge that you're towing and then go along get the barge to carry you along in the middle of the canal you'll have a slightly higher clearance then than if you're walking along and you'd also count that as a little break these canals some of them go along for 60 or 70 miles if you're have you have a horse towing your barge along a canal the least you could do when you get to when you get to a bridge that you have to go under even if the horse isn't isn't too tall to fit under the the bridge at the where the oh where the tow path is at the sides where the where the arches are quite low uh, even if the horse is, isn't too tall to fit under that you should use that as a reason to invite the horse onto the barge for a couple of minutes uh, so it can rest its rest its weary legs and have a sit down on the barge with you and then you go along in the middle of the canal and the dog doesn't lose any of its pride because you can just do this you can say oh I know no you're a great horse I know you're you don't need a rest you're able to carry us all the way the full length of the canal uh, the only reason I'm inviting you onto the barge it's not because you need a rest I don't think you need a rest at all you're a great horse you're full of energy uh, but uh, I need you to, I want you to get on the barge uh, because that bridge that we're about to go under is arched and there's a higher clearance in the middle in, in the middle of the water than there is on the towpath at the sides where the, where the bridge curves down uh, so it's just for your safety. I don't want to have to deal with a horse with a broken head because uh, that would slow you down a bit. Even with a great horse, a great fine horse like you uh, who doesn't see anything as a challenge. No, no, it's just a safety thing. It's a health and safety thing. We're just obeying a health and safety thing brought in by the European Union. And by the way, that's not to say I don't approve of it. I think, I think health and safety rules are good. Anything that keeps my hard-working horse safe is absolutely be fine with me and by the way a horse I'm not saying that he'd be stupid enough to hit your head against the arch at the side I'm just saying uh, just as health and safety thing uh, I don't think you do you would hurt yourself at all because you're not stupid uh, my only concern is that if I did let you walk along the where the arch is low on the canal bank towpath and some safety official came along they could they could fine me for taking what they see as a health and safety risk which I know full well isn't a risk at all because you're an intelligent horse who wouldn't screw things up you would duck your head and you'd be careful not to bang your head but that wouldn't stop me from getting fined they might even say I shouldn't be in charge of animals they might bring me to court and say oh your animal welfare cruelty thing you need to be put in jail and then what would happen you'd have to go and fend for yourself horse and I'm sure you'd be perfectly capable of fending for yourself but uh, we don't want to have to go through all that do we so just get on the barge and sit down and have a nice rest and the horse will say okay that's fine and the man will say Jesus Christ did the horse just say okay that's fine 
And the horse says, yes, I said, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. I understand completely. And the man on the barge will say, "Uh, but you're talking. And the horse will say, yes, I'm talking. What of it? There's been giraffes and dogs and cats in this talking. And I'm not supposed to talk, even though you've been saying I'm one of the most intelligent creatures you've ever met. I'm not supposed to talk. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? You certainly know how to put a horse back in its place, I can tell you. On the canal bank, towpath, or on the barge, the place is a metaphorical thing. Now, uh, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, that seems very unlikely. Seems very, very unlikely that they would have a towpath where the bridge over, the clearance for the bridge over is so low that the horse can't fit under it and has to get on the barge just to go through the middle to where there's more high clearance. Well, I know that. That's the whole fucking point of it. Remember, as I explained earlier, when Roundabout first came along in this country, I was only around the 1980s, we started getting a lot of them. Uh, people would drive up to them and not know exactly what to do. They'd say, this is a roundabout. What do I do? Do I drive that way or that way? Do I put my indicator? on uh, do I get out and park in the middle and then walk over there I don't know well I'm assuming the same was true when they built the first bridges because no one had ever built a bridge before uh, not least uh, being on one or being under one people wouldn't know how to use them properly they'd have a of course they'd have some common sense and they'd know oh this is so I can I can pass over that river or under that bridge uh, or this is all something I don't know, whatever. And we don't understand what our bridge is, obviously. But no, uh, we wouldn't understand uh, whether everything had been. It's very possible in the early days when the first canal bridges were made uh, that the people, the people, for example, who built a railway bridge going over a canal, uh, they were experts in railways and locomotives. They weren't experts in horses and barge and canal paths. Uh, they weren't there to build the canal path or the river. They were there to build a railway bridge that happens to be going over the canal path and the river. So they wouldn't say, if you're on top of a bridge building the bridge, you're not thinking about what's underneath it. No, no. You're thinking about what's going on top of it. You're thinking about the train tracks that have a to hold eight carriages on that and a, a box of coal to, to keep the engine running. Uh, you're thinking about that. You're not thinking about what's going down under there. No one, no one who builds a railway or a bridge or a road is thinking about what's going down way down underneath. The people who built the roads, they're not wondering, uh, oh, am I interfering with a coal mine possibly down under there, all the way down there at the other end in Australia, uh, just opposite under where I'm building this road. No, they do not. They didn't even have x-rays in those days. They had no idea there was anything going on down there. Uh, the most they ever thought about was whether they were digging so deep that they'd, uh, they'd hit the bowels of hell. I understand that was a problem when the first oh when the first underground train systems were being built in Boston Massachusetts there were people going oh don't dig down too far uh, you're going to dig into hell you're going to let out all the demons which was complete rubbish supposedly but then and then there was an explosion a gas explosion where they were building one of the tunnels near Boston Common and three or four people got killed uh, and then they went oh I suppose maybe there's something to this uh, but people say it was a gas 
blasting. We'll say it was a gas explosion and we'll carry on building this thing. And then they built it. And then about 50 years later, someone decided, maybe we should have some system where we're not spending all day commuting through a thing that's full of smoke. And then they invented electricity or something. I don't know how that worked out exactly. I lost interest after the whole gas explosion thing on that documentary. I didn't really care about the further development of the railways. I just wanted to know how the name of how in the name of they had an underground train system in the early 1800s which apparently they did in some places anyway so no the people building their railway trucks and the roads that are going over a over a bridge they wouldn't know about all barges and horses and things they're not they're not experts in animal height uh, or anything like that so no it's highly possible that they built that and then the people who had built the canal and the and the uh, uh, canal side path, tow path, uh, they'd all built that a uh, hundred years earlier. So they, were, so they were possibly all dead, so they weren't there to supervise or warn anyone. So the first time anyone found out that, that there was a problem uh, was when some horse went along as towing a barge and hit his head on the bottom of the bridge. And I tell you, when that happens nowadays, uh, when a lorry hits the side of a railway bridge, they shut everything down and they have some structural engineer comes along and he inspects everything for an hour and then an hour later they say, oh, Okay, the trains can start running again. Everything's fine. But when a horse hits the when a horse hits its head against a, a bridge, they don't do that. They send a vet, and the vet has a look at the horse. Uh, he looks at any structural damage to the horse's skull. That's his area of expertise. He doesn't look at any structural damage to the bridge, which there probably isn't any, because it's a horse. What's a horse going to do to a bridge? A bridge that can hold up a huge train, a coal-powered train, is hardly going to be any match. For, it's not well. A horse's goal is not going to be any match for that. Let's be realistic here, for Christ's sake. Let's be realistic. Uh, use your head. I know this is all fantasy and nonsense and humor, but come on now. Use a, use a bit. Use your brain a bit. You don't have to turn your brain off completely just because you're listening to entertainment. Think about think like this. There's nothing wrong with thinking during your downtime. When you do a crossword for fun and entertainment and recreation, you're thinking then. You're using your brain, but no one says, oh no, you shouldn't do that. You should rest your brain. This is supposed to be your downtime. Don't be doing crossroads during your downtime. Uh, go do something else. Walk along a tow path and don't worry about the bridge or wherever. Do not you do not. Uh, the only person who does that with the, is the horse. The horse is the only person who uh, doesn't do crosswords during his downtime. He goes and worries about his head instead. But those were simpler times. They weren't any simpler for horses, uh, but horses, they weren't any more complicated for horses later on, though. If you get, well, you probably don't get my drift. I'll probably edit out that last sentence and say, anyway... On with the show. Two, two cats walk into a bar, stories walk into a bar. That makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all. Does it make any sense to you? And the barman says, am I a barman or am I a barman walks into a bar story? 
and the two cats walk into a bar stair store. He says, that's a fucking stupid question. And, and you realise it is as soon as you spend five seconds thinking about it. You should think about things before you open your gob. In fact, think about things and then don't open your gob. Because if you think about it and then open your gob, then while you're saying it, you'll be aware of how fucking stupid it is a thing to say and you'll be embarrassed for the rest of your life. So think about it and then don't open your gob. And the man behind the bar says, Ah, yes, I get that. But am I a... What am I? And uh, two cats walk into a bar story. He says, You're a man in a two cats walk into a bar story, walk into a bar story. So you're just a normal standard bar man in one of these stories. The barman doesn't change. Just because two, two cats walk into a bar story has walked into a bar instead of a cat walking into a bar. Although now that you mention it, uh, surely it should be two, two cats walk into a bar stories walk into a bar. Because then one of the two cats walk into a bar stories go straight up to the bar counter because uh, if I'm a stand-in for one of the cats there should be two of me there should be two two cats walk into a bar stories walking into the bar and one of the two cats walk into a bar stories i.e. me should go straight up to the bar counter and the barman says I don't see why there necessarily has to be two of you no more than there necessarily has to be two cats it's just a tradition that we start with two cats walk into a bar uh, the second cat very 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 rarely involved in the story at all and the two cats walk into a bar story says you just don't understand tradition do you i bet you you go up to a limerick and tell it uh, doesn't need to rhyme or have five lines or start with there once was a something and something you do not you're a fucking idiot that's a bit strange by the way a man running a bar not understanding tradition and habit and the man behind the bar says you know for a two cats walk into a bar story i could have oh, i don't know what what the actual fuck? That's what the barman says. And the two cats walk into a bar store. He says, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness anyway, please? Even if you don't understand any of this. And the man behind the bar says, oh, I certainly can. If there's one thing I can understand is being asked for a pint of my finest Guinness and doling it out to you uh, along with a bill. Uh, here's, here's the bill for your Guinness. Uh, two cats walk into a bar story. And the two cats walk into a bar story. He says, thank you very much. Thank you for the bill. Uh, I think I'll just eat the bill and then not have the drink at all. And the barman says, oh, that's very generous of you. And the two cats walk into a bar story. He says, I don't think you quite understood me. When I said eat the bill, I didn't mean pay it, as in take on the cost. Uh, you think, no, I just mean I'm actually going to eat the physical bill and then not pay for the Guinness. And maybe not even have the Guinness. You can give me a pint of tap water instead. Because if I'm dining here, I don't have to buy a drink, you know. I can just ask for a pint of tap water. And the man behind the bar says... Uh, you're making even less sense now than you were a few minutes ago, Mr. Two Cats Walk Into A Bar Story. And the two cats walk into a bar story says, Well, wait till you hear the story about the two cats walk into a bar story that we're in right now. And what it does when it decides to walk into a bar. I don't want to do that. No, I think when we have the further two cats walk into a bar story, walking into a two cats walk into a bar story, uh, we'll set it in a different bar. Because it's not there bars at bar it won't be we won't be breaking tradition if it's a different bar it's perfectly within the rules and the man behind the bar says fair enough and when are you going to do that 
And the man, no, the two cats walk into a bar store. He says, well, it's not really up to me. It's up to to my senior. The, the two, I mean, the two cats walk into a two cats walk into a bar store. He says, oh, that's above my pay grade. Uh, I can't, I can't decide when that entity is going to walk into this, into me. In fact, I don't even know about that entity. Why would I be aware of that? It doesn't make any sense. That's like a Oh, that's like a piece of paper being aware of the pen that's writing on it and the mind that's writing the stuff. I would have think it would anyway, I'm not sure. I find it hard to think about these things because I'm a nonsense story. I'm not a, oh, I'm not some sort of intellectual thesis dealing with real life. And the man behind the bar says, I can certainly see that, sir. Ho, 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 ho. And the two cats walk into a bar store. He says, what in the name of Christ is that supposed to mean? And the barman says, oh, I was just, I was just lightening the mood, breaking the ice, uh, breaking the ice and lightening the mood and then putting the ice into your, into your pint of tap water. And the two cats walk into a bar store. He says, I didn't ask for ice in that water. And the man behind the bar says, I didn't ask for two cats walk into a bar store to walk into my bar and break open the whole, uh, basically break reality apart, tear reality apart. We're going to spend the rest of our lives now wondering what's real and what's not real and what's real and what's not real. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, five minutes ago, I was a happy-go-lucky fictional barman in the, uh, expecting to spend my, the rest of my life dealing with two cats walking into a bar. And now I'm being, oh, I'm serving a pint of water to a two cats walk into a bar story who's eaten the bill. And the two cats walk into a bar story says, I didn't actually eat the bill. You do realise that. Did you see me eating it? No. Uh, did I threaten to eat it? Yes. But that doesn't mean I did. I haven't done anything today. I'm a, a work of fiction. And the man behind the bar says, I don't see how that's supposed to make me feel better. And the two cats walk into a bar store. He says, it's not. It's not supposed to make you feel better. We're here to toy with you, just like a cat would be here to toy with you. Uh, we, the two cats, walk into a bar stories, are here to toy with you. Oh, and by the way, in answer to your question, uh, the reason we don't have two, two cats walk into a bar stories walking into the bar uh, is because they'd be two separate stories. They can't exist in the same universe. That would be ridiculous. And the man behind the bar says, that's not true. You have Star Trek and Star Wars, for example, exist in the same universe. Uh, even if they're fictional accounts of two different fictional universes, they still both exist in our universe. And the two cats walk into a bar story, says, ah, not in your universe, they don't. In your universe, the two cats walk into a bar story, can walk into a bar uh, that's expecting to be featured in a two cats walk into a bar story. And for some reason, that all melds together absolutely fucking ridiculous that's what it is it's absolutely fucking ridiculous and the man behind the bar says oh that's true i suppose i suppose that's true. if you say it's true then it's true because you're the story and the two cats walk into a bar story say ehm. Monster energy drink, isn't it? Absolutely fucking fantastic. Can I have a can of monster energy drink, please? I'll, I'll drink the water as well, don't worry. I'll, I'll wash down the bill with that when I, when I finally eat the bill. Ho, 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 that's a little joke for you. And the man behind the bar says, you want a can of monster energy drink, is that it? And um, two cats walk into a bar store, he says... 
Yes, that's it. Is that a problem for you? And the man behind the bar says, I'm just wondering what suddenly brought Helen the desire for a kind of monster energy drink. And the two cats walk into a bar store. He says, oh, it's kind of in my blood. It's in my blood. I was created by a, a kind of monster energy drink. In fact, the monster energy drink that's creating me is only half drunk yet, so there's more to come. There's still more to come of this crap. Isn't it absolutely fucking fantastic? And the man behind the bar says, oh, it is. It is, 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 Oh, it is, it is, it is, it is. It is, it is, it is, it is. Oh, it is, it is, it is, it is. And the man behind the bar goes, what in the name, what in the name of Christ was that? And the two cats walk into a bar story shit says, surely to Christ you're familiar with the concept of having music in a pub. Are you not familiar with the concept of having music in a pub? That's a harmonica and I was singing a little song. I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, you're a man running a pub. How can you not know about uh, whatever it is I just said, the, the music thing? And the man behind the bar says, I know about music. That's not music. That is not, that is not music. Uh, that's just young people's, young people's uh, devil music, rock and roll, harmonica, blues, some crap. Uh, harmonica is what the, harmonica is what people uh, play when they've nothing else to do, when they've no other musical talent of any kind. They take out their harmonica and they do this. They go. And the two cats walk into a bar store. He says, how come you have a harmonica now? And the man behind the bar says, I don't. I just produced this one uh, just to illustrate it. I don't actually have a harmonica. It's just an illustration, an audio illustration uh, of the concept I was talking about. Because I was talking about the concept of someone playing a harmonica. So it sounded like I was playing a harmonica, but I wasn't really. I was just, that was just... Oh, that was just the magic of the theatre of the mind. I've never, I've never even seen a harmonica in my life. If, if there was one here on the bar in front of me now, I wouldn't know what it was. I'd probably think it was, oh, I'd probably think it was a cigarette lighter or something. I'd say, whose cigarette lighter is this? Uh, why is it full of holes? It's got holes along the front of it. Or is that the back? I don't know. And then it's got... Oh, now did you mention it? Uh, I'm just looking at this harmonica now that I've owned uh, since the very early days of this podcast. Uh, I've always assumed there was some sort of outlet on the outside of it, opposite to the side that you blow into. Uh, but no, it's just solid. It's completely solid on that side. That's fascinating. Where does the sound come out? I've just realised that all of this is fucking weird. Maybe this is why my harmonica was playing never sounds very good. Uh, no. Oh, that's right, I blow into this side. Which means this side is facing out from my mouth. There's no holes in it. Where's the speakers? That doesn't make any sense to me. Is there music? Oh, I'm, so I'm blowing into this thing like this. 
and there's sound coming out somewhere, but it's not on the other side. What in the name of... Is it going back into my mouth and out through my sweat pores or something? Hold on. Oh, maybe there is. Maybe there's little tiny holes in here. Now that I can feel it, there might be tiny little holes on the outside. Uh, I can't really see them. I don't have my bright study lamp in here, so I don't know. Uh, there might be two holes in here, or they might be just for screws or something. I don't know. Surely you need bigger holes than that to let out this sound. This powerful sound. Do you really think that sound come out, can come out through two tiny pinholes or wherever they are? I don't know. We'll have to examine that further later and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, that's the end of the two cats walk into a bar, walk into a bar story. Uh, thank Christ for that. Uh,